Welcome back. 24th podcast, best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Talked about it Saturday. Talked about it. Sometimes I don't feel 100. Sometimes I got to push through. This is one of those days where I got to push through. I'm 24. This is my podcast. 24th podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Don't feel 100% today. Uh, that doesn't matter. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, because the week one, the first week of the NFL season has passed. There are certain teams that really impressed me. There's other teams that were disgraces. I'm looking at you, Tennessee, and also at you, Atlanta. What was that? That was disgraceful. We'll talk about some of the teams that impressed me as long as well as some of the quarterbacks, as well as some of the, um, the games that I watched in depth. I didn't get every single game. I got five. We'll talk about. Let me let me write them down as I'm as I will play straight out of Compton out. A pretty good. Co- I was about to say pretty good Compton. Oh my gosh, pretty good podcast coming up very very shortly. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Warney Wars podcast. A little bit of NWA, of course. Absolutely legendary uh, hip hop group. I'm writing down the games that I saw. I saw again five five games. I should have wrote this down before. Oh my gosh, I like I'm, my mind is so fried right now. I I can't even write. <clears throat> so this weekend had a lot of great great stuff out of a lot of great football teams and. Um, I'm worried for some defenses. I'm very worried, very concerned. There were certain teams, there were certain players that just showed up, showed out. Now, a little bit of context, right? Week five, week one, not week five. Week one does not represent, obviously, the NFL season. There's going to be teams that play very, very well in week one that uh, that go on to not make the playoffs at all. Looking at you, Raiders. And um, there's teams that play very, very badly that may or may not make the playoffs as well. I'm looking at you, um, Tennessee Titans. What the hell was that against the Cardinals? You're you're still they're still probably going to make the playoffs. I think some people had them as a Super Bowl contender. I did not because I don't like being wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that had a bad weekend of predictions. Um, everybody who is semi smart and reasonable about predictions had a pretty crappy week as well, including, but not limited to, um, Vegas, Vegas had a really bad weekend this weekend. And so did I, I took a lot of hits. Um, I took a lot of L's this weekend. I like recapping where I was right, where I was wrong, things of that nature, not necessarily, um, in depth. We're not going to cover every single game, but I got I got some games here, right? So every single weekend, I give you predictions. Every single Friday, excuse me, now Saturday because I did not feel great on Friday. Every single Friday for the next three months, I will get really four or five months till February, till Super Bowl. 
I'll give you essentially a prediction, right? Prediction on who will win, who will lose, things of that nature, who will win and lose their respective football games. In my case, I looked at a lot of different football teams. I looked at a lot of different players, things of that nature. Not players, excuse me. I looked at, I gave you all of the uh, the teams that I thought were going to win and also lose this weekend. There was, there were, <clears throat> excuse me, 16 games. And um, I was, I, w- I was very bad this weekend. This is like completely different from last year's week one where I went 13 and three and I had a pretty fantastic weekend, opening weekend to nine and seven. My winning percentage, my success rate right now is 56.25%. I'm shooting for about 70. I'm 14% off. Hopefully I can make it up this weekend. But of course, first, let's kind of go over some of the uh, the big hitters this weekend, first and foremost, okay? Uh, but, 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 what was the first and easy, easiest big loss for me? Oh, easy. Steelers at Bills. Yikes! Oh my god! That game was terrible! We casted it. We looked at it. I watched it. I color commentated. I did play-by-play. I did analyst. Good freaking god was that football game absolutely atrocious um i'm not worried about the bills oh my god oh jesus i was like i'm not worried about the bills but that is the inverse of how i expect them to play this season it was literally the exact opposite offense didn't play tight josh allen missed pretty routine throws right Missed pretty easy throws. He didn't look great. He didn't look... I mean, I'll, I'll say this. He looked average. He looked average. He didn't look high level. He looked average to me. Let me take this wake. Hold on. He didn't look anywhere near a top five quarterback in the NFL. He didn't look like a top ten quarterback. It was ridiculous how bad he looked. Versus, like, how good he looked last year. Especially towards the end of the season. Um, I'm going to chalk that game up to Russ because, um, I mean, I don't know how you go from being like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to being average. On the flip side of that, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, um, TJ Watt looks awesome. Minka Fitzpatrick looks pretty awesome as well. Um, Ben Roethlisberger was similar to Josh Allen where he played very average-like. And also, most importantly, this is this one is a yikes uh, Najee Harris, how many yards per carry did he have? For everybody that's like, oh man, I'm excited that the Steelers drafted a running back. Let's talk about it because nobody seems to be talking about um, how how little, how not necessarily poor Najee Harris played, but um, how little yards they got in the running game. Hey, do you want to take a shot at how many yards they got in the running game? Because I saw that game and I literally exactly what happened that I've been saying it for almost six months. I've been saying it since April. I've really been saying it probably since early April to late March. So, like, what more do people need, right? You need a good offensive line to run block for your dog on running back. And if your quarterback can't generate any big plays because he's old and he's aging and he's not as good as he once was, you kind of need your offensive line to help out when it comes to pass protection as well as run blocking. Do you want to take a shot? at what his numbers are 
at what Najee Harris's numbers are. Do you want to take a shot at how many yards per carry Najee Harris has? Because it's not very good. It's not good at all. It's worse than Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm like, why are you in the NFL? It's like 3.3 for Zeke. It's lower for Najee Harris. Do you want to take a shot? Is it 3.1? No, it's not. Is it 3.2? No, it's not. Is it 3? No. Go down a little bit lower. It's 2.8 yards per carry. That is a joke for Najee Harris. He was my best running back in the draft, but the running back position is not a position that you can just run out on the football field with four new offensive linemen, ladies and gentlemen. You actually have to have a solid offensive line who can actually run block and help out your running back because Najee Harris had 16 carries, 45 yards, 2.8 yards per carry, which is not very good. It's not good at all. It's terrible, as a matter of fact. So... Literally everything that I thought about the Steelers came true. The The Bills were god-awful. I think they'll be better going forward from here. Najee Harris. It's not Najee Harris's fault. His offensive line can't run block for him. But it is his um, his coach's fault and his GM's fault for picking a running back instead of a offensive lineman or a quarterback. Because they kind of need both. Because Dwayne Haskins, everybody's been talking about how awesome Dwayne Haskins looked. Well, he's looked pretty bad in the preseason as well. I wasn't buying that. I wasn't buying that load of crap that people were trying to sell me. Sorry, my voice is shot. My head is hurting. It's late at night, but again, I'm persevering. So I have to like drink my Powerade that has vitamin C mixed into it. I apologize for some of the silence that I'll have. Najee, once again, Najee did everything that he could. Everything that he could. There were times where they 1,000% should have had negative yardage on plays. Really, his statistics should have been worse. But there were times where he had hesitated. There were times where he had cut to the outside. There were times where he had tried to make plays. But again, it's really, really hard to be a running back when your offensive line is not very good at run blocking. I mean... Essentially, what I talked about with the um, with the Steelers absolutely came true and rang true. I mean, that's just that's just the cold hard truth of it. Yeah, I'm kind of like I have some of the tabs for some of the games open, so I'm kind of like going through them right now and exiting out of them. I'm not gonna go over every single game that I've lost. Um, one of the more annoying games was having to see the Eagles absolutely stomp the yard against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not mad about it because I am right about J- uh, Jalen Hurts and semi-right about Nick Sirianni. I thought that he was a joke of a hire. I thought that he was just there to appease Carson Wentz. They came out. They played very, very well. Um, Jalen Hurts especially. Jalen Hurts looks like a good to great quarterback. He looks like he looks like he's significantly above average. I'll, I'll say that. Um, he was wheeling and dealing out there to Devontae Smith. I have his numbers. I have both their numbers. I'm just going to pull up Jalen's. J- yeah, Jalen had 77% completion percentage. That's insane. He had a 126.4 passer rating. I remember people were like, they're stupid for getting rid of Carson Wentz. And I was like, no, they're not. Jalen Hurts is better. 
and what a surprise he played significantly better how like i just gotta ask pause it right like let's just think about something critically right as my voice is like straining right now goodness gracious let's just think about this critically right so last year everybody was talking to me about how shitty of a football team the eagles were how little passing attack they had blah 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 right Jalen finds Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith who wasn't there last year but still like uh, but still he could have been there this year Zach Ertz Dallas Goddard all these guys on their football team their offensive line is back and healthy and it's like it's funny how like you know as soon as they get a real quarterback the Eagles actually play pretty decently right everybody wanted to be like oh man the Eagles suck the Eagles suck it's Carson Wentz give him a pass Give Carson Wentz a pass. It's not his fault. His team is... And then Jalen Hurts, open season opener against uh, Atlanta. 77% completion percentage, 264 yards, three tutties, zero interceptions, 126.4 yards per carry. Jalen Hurts was absolutely immaculate on Sunday. Immaculate on Sunday. And, you know... Like, <clears throat> I mean, like, I don't really know what else to say, man. I, I mean, uh, besides, like, the Eagles' offense was very sophisticated. I'll say that. It was very sophisticated. It capitalized on all of the Atlanta Falcons' weaknesses. I was shocked. I I, I think somebody said this. Somebody smarter. Maybe not smarter, but somebody said this. Um, they said, like, they said that the Eagles were the most prepared team of this weekend. And I 1000% agree with it. I It was one of the games that I got. And as I was watching the game, I was like, the Eagles know what, what the Atlanta Falcons are doing and running defensively, which I have no idea how they know that because this is like a new defensive coordinator. This is a new team with a new head coach, new assistants, stuff like that. And they knew exactly what they were running offensively right and then what happened defensively right for the Eagles is that they knew exactly what Atlanta was running offensively to the point where I mean even I recognized it and I was just like the Atlanta Falcons were using fullbacks like it was 1942 I mean it was it was like it was very easy to diagnose and dissect and I mean I don't know if Arthur Smith realizes this he does not have Derrick Henry in the backfield and he just kept on running the football like he he had Derrick Henry in the backfield. He very very you very rarely excuse me used play action a pass uh, with Matt Ryan, which is what I thought he would do, but he did not do. And it was like one of those things where I'm just like, dude, um, what like why aren't you what like that this is it this is what everybody was this is why you were hired over Eric Bieniemy really, this is the reason. What reason? What's the reason? I I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it myself. But back to Jalen. Jalen was just immaculate. His his pocket presence was just fantastic. He was rolling to his right. He was escaping the pocket. Who who did he remind me of? Bryce Young. That's who he reminded me of. It's weird. It's like how how Jalen Hurts plays like Jalen Hurts plays how Justin, how, um, not Justin, how Bryce Young plays right now in college. And I was just like, what? I've seen this before. I, I'm like, why am I getting like such deja vu? Because he didn't play like this in college. He was more of a running quarterback. 
in college and things of that nature, not just at Alabama, but at OU. He goes to Nick Sirianni or to the Eagles, excuse me. He goes with Doug Peterson and then Nick Sirianni for like a year. And then bada bing, bada boom. He, he looks like freaking Bryce Young out there, which is ironic because I think Bryce Young absolutely destroyed Miami in Atlanta. He looked fantastic, dude. I don't like beat the crap out of the uh, the dog on Atlanta uh, Falcons. 32 to 6, by the way. It was terrible. It was a joke. Atlanta should be ashamed of themselves because they they looked like they looked like a joke. I literally was like I don't understand why they're sucking so much, but I had to like literally rewind and like go back and watch the entirety of the first half again because I was just like this just this just does not make any sense whatsoever why they're this bad this early on. I was like 32 to 6. Arthur Smith has no idea how to use Kyle Pitts, by the way. Like he no idea. I mean, they lined him up out wide, and then there are other times where I was just, like they lined him up out wide against Darius Slay Jr. And then they ran like just curls and comebacks against the Eagles. And I was just like, bro. Like, he can't just run curls and comebacks against Eric Big Play Slay. Like, this is what he loves to do. This is this is the thing you're playing literally exactly in a Big Play Slay's hands. Like, this guy loves to freaking just run curls and comebacks against you all day long. Not run curls and comebacks. He loves to play against curls and comebacks because he gets to make a play on the football. And that's literally all he did for, like, the entirety of the game. He just batted balls down. Over and over and over and over and over again. And I was just like, dude, what are you doing? What, like, what? Why are you doing this over and over and over again? Just curls and comebacks. I don't, I don't get it. Against, like, one of the most aggressive corners in the league. And it happened, like, over and over. And I was just like, can we get some deep routes with Calvin Ridley and, engage junior like they 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 didn't attack downfield at all the atlanta falcons i was just like where where is the aggressiveness i didn't understand it it was it was so weird i was like there's no aggressiveness there's no there like there's just nothing i i was i was confused no aggressiveness no sense of urgency like it was the third or the fourth quarter, and I was watching that the the Falcons game, and it was just check down after check down. Like I had his chart up. I I mean I got I got advanced analytics. I got Matt Ryan's Matty Ice's chart. Let me pull it up for you, right? So keep keep in mind, right? Actually, let me pull up Dak Prescott's chart. I wanted to make sure I wasn't like. You know, just going crazy. So, a little bit of context, right? Dak Prescott threw the football like 58 times. Okay? The majority of his passes came within 10 yards. The reason why that is the case is because Dak Prescott was getting pressured and blitzed by literally five to six, sometimes seven guys. So, yes, it was cover zero on the majority of the downs in the game. So it's not like he had time to just sit in the pocket and wait for someone to get over, get open, excuse me, and then throw a strike downfield. It's like, that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. But what he did do is when he was opportunistic, when there was a chance, when there was a, when there was a, you know, opportunity, he took it. So he has one, two, three, four, five, six 
passes that went for over 20 yards. In fact, the majority of them were like almost 25 yards, which is considered deep, by the way, in the NFL. Just in case if you don't know how those... It's a deep ball. It's a long ball. If you don't know how um, statistics work in the NFL. Or not statistics, but specifically the deep ball. A deep ball is anything over 20 yards. When I look at Matt Ryan's chart, right? He has one throw over 20 yards. Just one. And to make matters worse, it wasn't 25 yards plus. It was one throw that was over 20 yards. Not a throw that went for over 20 yards. It was one throw that he threw through the air 20 plus yards over Dak Prescott, who was getting blitzed all day, doggone long. And keep in mind, right? Not even keep in mind because I didn't tell you about this. Matt Ryan had pretty good pockets. Matt Ryan had the ability to stand in, hang in, and freaking throw downfield. That's the thing that pisses me off is that there were times where Atlanta's pass protection was pretty freaking crappy. And then there were other times where Atlanta's pass protection was pretty freaking great. And I was just like, hmm. This could this could kind of like work out for Atlanta, but unfortunately, they never attacked downfield. And I mean, it's just gonna be a bad year for Atlanta already. Already, I picked them to win. Um, that game against the Eagles, they're not gonna win that game against the Eagles. I mean, obviously they didn't win it, because here we are, me talking negatively about the Eagles. But I was, I was like shocked at how bad. Atlanta played against the Eagles. Oh, my God. Speaking of somebody playing bad, let's talk about Carson Wentz against Seattle. Didn't I call it? Didn't I call it? 28-16. Seahawks. Um, not even close. Now, context, Carson Wentz played well. Um, he just did not play well enough to get anywhere close to winning the game. 16 to 28, not good enough. Um, luckily he looked decent enough to like, not, he looked decent enough to probably start for the Colts. I think the Colts are going to come out of this trade being like, yeah, we're happy with the player that we got. We're happy that we got Wentz. But I mean, he didn't play, like he didn't play mind-blowing We mind-blowingly well excuse me I came away from that game thinking like yeah I was right the Colts aren't going to make the playoffs he didn't like how do I put this I saw some of the highlights I didn't see all the I, I only watched five games I don't have all the games but like from the plays that I did see from Carson and the tempo that the Colts were running it feel it felt very similarly to the the Atlanta Hawks or the Atlanta Falcons excuse me where the Atlanta Falcons were like we're not really going to be aggressive we're not really going to be you know um, urgent we're not going to go up tempo you know in the third and the fourth quarters even though like at one point they were down 21 to 10 you know going into the half so it's like they didn't score into the they didn't score at all in the third so it's like you would think that in the fourth they would be a little bit more aggressive and that was not the case at all. So yeah, it's like statistically Carson Wentz looks like he 
played very well, which he did. Problem is, is that, like, his team was nowhere close to winning the freaking football game, dude. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, it's like, yeah, like, he, he played well, but his team was not in that football game at all. As I, like, minimize a bajillion tabs. Also, shout out to Joe Burrow. We'll talk about some of the teams, some of the quarterbacks that impressed me. Um, But, yeah, shout out to Joe Burrow. Proved me wrong. I had the Vikings. I even said it on Saturday. I said, I'm taking the Vikings over the Bengals, but it's close. And I think I even said it's, like, as close as it could possibly be. And, yikes, was it close. It was, like, 24-27 victory in overtime. And it wasn't even close. Like, the Bengals had got, like, 14 points in the second quarter. They just started to turn it on. And it was, like, 21 of... Not 21. Like, yeah, it was 21 of 14 at one point. And they just they just lost the game in the fourth quarter, man. Maybe not lost it, but they almost gave it to the Vikings in the fourth. And then they got it back in overtime, 3-0. to zero. In overtime, 27-24. Bengals, we'll talk about the Bengals and Joe Burrow and how Jamar Chase can catch passes. Cardinals versus Titans. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. 38-13. What an embarrassment for the Titans. What an absolute embarrassment. Oh my goodness. Ugh. God. Like, where do I even begin? They couldn't stop the run from the Cardinals. They couldn't stop Kyler at all. Taylor Lewan, I think, gave up three of five sacks, which is terrible, which that's not good at all. But he gave it up. He gave up three out of five to one of the best in the NFL. But I mean, oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, my God. It was just bad play after bad play after bad play for the Titans. The game got out of hand very, very quickly. I think it was like, hold on, let me go back to the game. What was it? Yeah, it was like 24 to 6 at halftime. I was about to say 21 to 0 in the four, first quarter, but it was not. It felt like it, though. It was just like, oh, wow, you guys aren't going to win that game at all. It was, it was terrible. You know, for the Titans, not for the Cardinals, obviously. But, I mean, the Cardinals, dude, they just ran Rackshaw against the the Tennessee Titans. They shut down Derrick Henry. And I'll always say this about running backs, ladies and gentlemen. I'll always say this. Running backs, the running back position is, like, one of the only, if not the only position in football that becomes essentially useless once you have a deficit, once you're in a deficit. Because what are you going to do? Run the football all up and down the football field when you need to score quickly and fast and in a hurry? Unless your running back is, like, going to just gain, like, you know, like a bajillion yards per player or whatever. It's just, like, you're not going to use a running back in that way. You're not going to just, like, constantly just run the football, you know? You'll lose. And you'll lose pretty darn fast. Like, Derrick Henry, man, Tennessee, they're like, it, it kind of, it reminds me of what happened last year in the playoffs. 
against the Ravens where it was very obvious that the Ravens had shut down the run for Tennessee. And Mike Vrabel just kept on being like, well, we just got to continuously run the football over and over and over again when it was very, 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 very obvious that the running game was just not working and they needed to throw the football to A.J. Brown and uh, and whoever else was on the team back then. But, I mean, now it's like I have no idea where the Tennessee Titans go from here. But they are probably the best team in that very, very god-awful division. Everybody wants to tell me that the NFC East is like the worst division in all of football, and I'm like, look no further than that division because yikes. But, um, I mean, I'm just shaking my head. That game was just god-awful. Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it that much. Kyler played fantastic, though. He was awesome. I think he had, like, five touchdowns, one interception. And, I mean, some of the throws that he made, it's just, like, dude, some of these quarterbacks we're going to talk about. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier on in the podcast where I was just, like, I don't understand. Not understand. I don't know how defenses are going to deal with some of these quarterbacks certain defenses I mean maybe we just got the best the height of some of these quarterbacks play this year I really hope not but I mean it's kind of hard to imagine like a quarterback playing better than how maybe not a quarterback but some of the quarterbacks playing better than how they played this year I mean it, it, it's kind of ridiculous Seeing of awesome quarterback play this uh, this weekend. Denver versus Giants is a really, really interesting game. Because Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty spectacular against the Broncos. Or, excuse me, against the, um, the Giants. Like, he looked really, really good. And I was shocked at how good he was. And I was kind of shocked at how aggressive the, uh, not the Vikings, the Broncos offense was. Considering that Vic Vangio, a defensive coordinator, is the head coach of the team. I was really, really shocked. And by, by like, aggressive with Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, like, they let him go and attack the Giants defense on fourth down pretty consistently. And I was just like, okay, that's not what I expected. And, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, he played a very Ted Bridgewater he played a very Teddy Bridgewater game. He was super tight, super technical, super methodical. But the one thing that I thought I would never see out of Teddy was aggressiveness. Aggressiveness with attacking downfield. He scrambled. He ran for first downs. He slid. They went for it on fourth down. Fourth and seven, by the way. Which I was just like, this is ridiculous. And the Giants, I mean, it's the same thing with the Colts and with the... Um, the Falcons, they barely put up a fight. I mean, once it was over, it was over. They were just like, yep, we're done. We tap, we're over. It's over. Credit to Teddy Bridgewater, because yikes, I did not expect. I, I mean, I picked the Broncos to win, but I did not expect the Broncos to um to be that good on Sunday. They look pretty good. You know, not challenge, you know, Mahomes for the division crown good, but they looked pretty solid. 
speaking of looking pretty solid, Jameis Winston. And I want to save this for a little bit later on. Jameis Winston was pretty spectacular against the Packers on Saturday or on Sunday. Five touchdowns. How many? I mean, I have his numbers right here. How many tutties? Five touchdowns, 14 of 20, 148 yards. It was a whole lot of Alvin Kamara and just really, really awesome field position. By, I mean, technically it wasn't just Alvin Kamara. It was like, it was Alvin. It was Tony Jones. It was even Jameis. They, he got like six carries, 37 yards. It was a lot of different people just helping out when it comes to the run and the passing game. But I mean, it was just, it was a massacre of epic proportions against the Green Bay Packers. And I, I rewatched that entire game today, today, excuse me. It was like literally throughout that entire game, all I was doing was just writing down. I was just like, Green Bay's defense is getting their asses kicked. And it's compounded by a lack of execution by the Green Bay Packers offense. And let me just say this. It's very similar to Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers looked off. Like he just was missing very routine and basic throws. And I've heard people say, well, nobody was open. And it's just like, yeah, but even when guys were open a couple of times, he did miss them as well. It was like a combination of the two. It was a combination of like, dudes weren't getting open and Aaron Rodgers could not freaking deliver accurate passes consistently. And then they couldn't, you know, get the running game going. So you have an absolute molly whopping 38 to three of like epic proportions and I'm just like, I don't understand how people aren't leading off with that because Aaron did not look good at all. He looked very, very bad to the point where they put in Jordan Love. And I just, I, I kid you not, I stopped watching the game at the, after the third quarter was over. I was just like, I don't think I need to learn anything else or watch this any, anymore unless they scored, right? Yeah, the Saints put it on. They put on two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But at that point, I'd seen and had enough. I was just like, I don't need to see this anymore. <clears throat> but yeah, like the Saints, they looked awesome. Green Bay looked terrible. Things of that nature. And then that's kind of it. But yeah, my overall record this weekend out of 16 games. Drum roll, please. 9-7, and seven, I was 56.25%. Again, I'm trying to shoot for... Trying to shoot for 70%. That kind of sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. Let me take a swig. Hold on. Um. Anyways. <clears throat> Let me sit down. My head. Oh, sweet Jesus. It's pounding right now. It's pounding. God. Let me figure out my next topic. You know how, like, if you've ever done, like, a podcast or a radio show or whatever, you kind of, like, have topics of conversation to trans to transition into. And it's just, like, I had one, and I cannot figure out what I was going to transition into. Oh, yeah. Monday Night Football. Um, I saw the Peyton... Manning broadcast with Eli Manning. I don't know how, like, how that's not a thing more. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Peyton Manning and his brother Eli Manning, along with a plethora of different people, had essentially 
casted the entirety of Monday Night Football and like I don't know why ESPN did not plug that shit more often and why they didn't have a better overall produced show but when they got but I, I don't want any more guests like don't give me any more guests unless they're just going to talk about football like I don't know why they brought on Charles Barkley I'm like I don't care like like it the show was awesome because there was so much information about professional football that I didn't know about and I think this is like the general consensus when everybody watched that show on Monday, if you don't know what I'm talking about, again, like ESPN had a simulcast of Monday Night Football with Peyton Manning and his younger brother, Eli Manning. And it was so informative. It was like one of the most informative pieces of content on football I don't I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And I thought I was just going to like sit down for like something goofy, the the executives will probably find a way to like ruin it or whatever by telling them not to be so analytical. Like, hey, let's make this entertaining and let's bring in all of these guests and ask them all of these weird and wacky questions. Ooh, and it's just like nobody asked for that. <laughs> I'm like nobody asked. Like we we can do that in Monday Night Football. We can do that on the Monday Night Football broadcast. Nobody like nobody cares about that. I don't want to. I don't want to watch Monday Night Football. Like you can bring in special guests to do the Monday Night Football. I want Peyton Manning and Eli Manning to break down the football game. Weird as it is, and Pat McAfee was talking about it. Weird as like the format is, because sometimes they didn't like watch. The, I was actually thinking about just like never watching Monday Night Football ever again. And I was like, when I was watching it today, I was just like, do I just want to cancel Monday Night Podcasts? with Monday Night Football and would I rather just like watch Monday Night Football instead of podcasting and the reality is it's like yeah kind of like I'm still kind of thinking about that I'll probably do that for the Cowboys game I'll probably watch that with Eli and Peyton just to kind of get the general vibe because I essentially watched it not as the game was going on but I watched it I mean obviously I was watching the Monday Night Live broadcast but I watched Peyton Manning and Eli's broadcast after, so I knew what was going to happen. But I don't know. I kind of want to do that for the Cowboys game in a couple of weeks against the Eagles because that's just that's just 20 times more fun. I feel like they wanted to do, ESPN wanted to do, what's that thing called? The NFL Draftathon. It's like a charity event that they did during COVID, which was actually pretty awesome. And now it's kind of like, it's all right. It's all right. Like, Rich Eisen used to host it. Now it's like Kay Adams. But again, it's all right. Um, I liked what they did. I just, I'm like, don't touch it. Just, you have the Ferrari ESPN. You have Manning. You have Eli. Just like, like I want this to be like a thing. I want people to like, this. to me, this is like the future of like sports media to me. It's like this casualness with football. It's this very, very obvious, like familiar attitude. But it's also like, we're going to kind of, somewhat overwhelm the viewers with information because the viewers don't know fucking anything about football like i watch five games of football a week and i don't know what they were talking about i watch significantly more football than the average person than reality than the average like journalist 
And it's like Peyton Manning and Eli Manning can run fucking circles around me verbally. Not even verbally, but just, you know, informationally. Because they just know significantly more about football than every human on the fucking planet. And I'm just like, ESPN, don't touch it. You have the best broadcast out of every single fucking uh, network. You have the best. It's not Monday Night Football. You've butchered it. You've ruined it. You've bastardized it. It's terrible. I hate it. But fuck me sideways on a Tuesday. You have a goddamn superstar in, in Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And that should be the like the front running. That should be the show for ESPN. That's the show that they should promo every single week. Because that is their best show. It's probably not going to do great ratings rise. But holy fucking shit is that game awesome to watch. It was awesome. The broadcast. It's like the Nickelodeon thing. I'm like... It, for some reason, these shows are significantly better, but they don't get better ratings. I don't know why. But it's like, yes, they like this is this to me is the future of the sport. Do it more, 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 more. Don't touch it. Don't try and executize it. Don't try to bastardize it. Don't like freaking put Patrick, uh, not Patrick, but Pat McAfee on the sideline instead of in the booth. As I take a swig. Just like, Jesus Christ, man. Just don't touch it. Oh, my God. Just don't touch it. Just, it's it's ready. It's ready to go. You know? It's here. It's ready. It's ready to go. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. Anyways, as I was saying, Manning's Monday Night Football, shout out to them, it's a fantastic show. I'll end the podcast talking about some teams, some players that really impressed me. Listen, we've kind of hit it. Um, Quick little caveat here. Again, I don't know how some of these teams are going to play better. Not, not play better, but I don't know how some of these teams are going to counteract what some of these quarterbacks are doing in the league. Take Ty, take Kyler today, right? Take Kyler Sunday. Kyler was immaculate. Kyler's offensive line sometimes, the pass protection broke down, and he made plays with his legs. There was, um, oh my gosh, I, like, let me, let me pull up his plays here. I don't have, like, a great memory of like his plays, let me just pull it. Okay, cool. They they condensed it to like three minutes. So, what was it? There was like one play where like Kyler just had like this deep, 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 deep drop back, right? Where he just kept on backpedaling and backpedaling and backpedaling, excuse me, because he understood that the blitz was coming. So he just kept on backpedaling, which is exactly what you're supposed to do when you're being blitzed. You're supposed to backpedal. He like threw off of his back foot for like this awesome touchdown to Christian Kirk, who also had a coming out party. Hello, Christian Kirk. Welcome to the NFL. And I mean, Kyler just did exactly what I've seen of him for like five years, six years, really going all the way back to high school. 
He just threw the football with just significant velocity, meaning that he threw the football really, really like fast and really, really far. And with accuracy, there was a couple of times where the ball got away from him and he just like, like he just missed some throws, but like, it doesn't really matter when Kyler's just like wheeling and dealing and slinging it. Like he's at, like he, like he is out there. Like I kind of talk about it all the time where it's just like certain quarterbacks, when they get together with certain wide receivers, it enhances their game. Right. And when you watch Kyler, you're like, wow, he's kind of like he, I mean, he played he played like a top five quarterback on, on Sunday. And it's just like, when you watch him play, you're like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe like how awesome he is as a football player and how easy some of this stuff is for him to do against the Tennessee Titans. And then it's just like DeAndre Hopkins as well. And I mean, it like Kyler was just incredible. And, and it's just like, I don't know how you stop that. You have to have top tier corners you have to have pass rushers. And then it's just like they got off the running game a little bit as well. And that just made that was that was the 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 feather that broke. I mean, really, that was the thousand pound weight on the camel's back when the camel already had like eight hundred pounds. It's just like there's just too much stuff for the camel to do. And then I'm watching this just absolutely stupid play. This is this is like Russell Wilson backyard just I mean, this is just ridiculous. It's like third and 10 at his own 25-yard line. Six minutes, 39 seconds left in the second quarter. When I saw this, I was just like, what the heck is this? It's like he like has this seven-step drop. He recognizes that his right tackle is being beaten. He rolls to his right, stops, like plants his feet, spin, not spins on a dime, stops on a dime, Goes back to his left, hard left, hard sprints back left, right? Sees a free rusher because the pocket integrity, the 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 pocket protection, the integrity of it is just broken down because he just like, he, I mean, he's ruined it by running back and forth left to right. But there's this free rusher. So he stops again, right? Because he's about to get tackled. He goes up. He feels and sees another rusher. This looks like Bud Dupree come after him so he's on the left side of the field he stops he jukes backwards sets his feet looks downfield throws for like a 25 30 yard pass for Rondell Moore more for like a first down and that happened on third down by the way that was like the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life I I like I couldn't believe that I actually just saw that I, like, like I like Tom Brady. Shannon Sharp was really, really mad today because Tom Brady got named Offensive Player of the of the Week, and he was quoting Kyler Murray. I don't think people realize like how awesome because nobody's talking about how awesome Kyler Murray played. Um, shout out to everybody that said that Kyler Murray was too short and he wasn't going to amount to anything and he wasn't going to be a good quarterback because he's too short and blah blah blah. And they made fun of him for his height or whatever shout out to all those people boy do you look really really smart now saying that he's not going to be an nfl player because he's too short great job by the way 38 to 6 right 38 to 6 or excuse me 38 to 13 got a couple of really really awesome bombs to christian kirk and i mean he was getting everybody involved christian kirk deandre hopkins rondell moore 
just a great day to be an, an Arizona Cardinals fan. And like, I don't know how you fucking stop that. I don't know how you stop Kyler Murray because he was he's just too fast. He's too accurate. His arm is just way too fucking strong. I don't know how you stop that. I, re- I, I really don't. I really don't. It's like Russell Wilson, except if he had a bigger arm who had, um, and, a, and he also had like more velocity and he was significantly faster. I mean, he throws this absolutely insane bomb. It's like third and three, Tennessee Titans, 26 yard line, because we're ba- again, we're bouncing around. These are his highlights. It's not play by play. It's like 10 minutes, 45 seconds left in the ball game. Kyler gets it. And again, this is the play that I'm talking about where he knows he's getting blitzed. So he just backpedals, sets his feet, and like has this jumping throw with this high arc that Christian Kirk can just freaking read. And he runs straight into the end zone for like a touchdown. And I was just like, dude, that's a that that's that's an elite throw right there. There's There's like... I don't want to say there's very few people that can make that throw. It's like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. It's like, dude, what? That's so stupid that he just did that. Oh, my God. It was similar to it. Like, you want to know what it was? It was similar to the Tyler Lockett play where Russell um, Wilson just, like, put this high arcing, just awesome pass for for Tyler Lockett to just not even lay out for but to just like strain his neck looking up at how high it was in the air that's Christian Kirk it was just oh my god it was just an awesome ball by Kyler Kyler just played I mean he played like an elite level quarterback and nobody's fucking talking about him nobody's talking about him Ugh. oh my god nobody's talking about him Nobody's talking about how awesome of a performance he put on. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. My head hurts just thinking about it. Not only because I'm not feeling 100, but yeah, like, Kyler was just... Kyler was just the best quarterback, I think, this week. He just put it on. I don't even think it's close. Put it on, dudes. Oh, gosh. Anyways, um, who else impressed me? Baker. Baker did as well. Baker. Baker Mayfield. Cleveland Cavalier. Cleveland Cavalier. Cleveland Brown. Cleveland Brown. Baker Mayfield did a great job on Sunday. Really impressed me. Showed me up. I have questions about Baker. He delivered some really, really accurate passes, some really, really accurate balls to um to a lot of his wide receivers, especially considering Odo Beckham Jr. wasn't healthy, especially considering Patrick Mahomes, you know, was wheeling and dealing, especially because it was an arrowhead. And, you know, I said it about the Cowboys versus the Bucks. I'll say it about the um the Browns and the Chiefs. I think those are their two hardest games they'll play all season. Maybe besides the Bucks with the Cowboys, but I mean, I don't envision the Browns going up against a team that can put forth that type of offense. And I don't think that I don't think that the Chiefs will go up against somebody that will push them that hard as Baker did. Baker almost won the game if he didn't throw the interception at the end of the game. 
I mean, it was an all-around great game. It was an elite game. It was a very rare performance by Baker. It was probably his best performance, in my opinion. It just was not even close, to me at least. I won't say Baker outplayed Patrick Mahomes. But Baker... Baker had done enough to win. Maybe not, because he actually didn't win and... Then on top of that, he threw the interception at the end of the game. So I, I don't really know about that. But yeah, Baker played, Baker played pretty phenomenally on Sunday. Wow. I mean, he had. It, it wasn't like Kyler Murray, where Kyler had speed. Maybe not speed, but like Kyler was throwing like these really, really awesome dimes and stuff like that. But Baker had some speed and velocity and some zip to his footballs. He did like exactly what I've wanted him to uh, wanted him to do for years he had the accuracy that I saw at OU he had the aggressiveness he had the I feel like he has his confidence back I feel like he has his accuracy back I feel like I I mean they just played very fantastic and phenomenally this weekend it was it was a pretty great showcase by Baker and by the Cleveland Browns it's a pretty good job I think I'm going to end the podcast kind of soon. I'm, I do not feel 100. But I do kind of want to preview something. And I'll get, I'll get going on some of the other... On some of the other players and teams tomorrow. No, I'll, I'll recap. I'll, I'll finish off some of the players and teams that impressed me tomorrow as well. But I kind of want to look forward to some of the games that we got going on this weekend, right? Not necessarily games that are going to be casted this weekend. But more specifically, some of the games that are going to be going on this weekend. And I think, like, I think it's going to be interesting because we'll know about certain teams, right? Because fortunately or unfortunately, it's kind of like they're all getting real challenges right so for example we'll know about the um we'll know about we'll we'll kind of it's going to be an interesting thursday night football game right we're going to open up thursday night giants at washington and we'll kind of figure out because maybe the giants going up against the broncos pretty good football team maybe it was kind of a fluke maybe the giants aren't as bad as i think they are the same thing goes for washington with taylor heineke all right, so we'll kind of figure that one out Thursday night. And then 49ers versus Eagles, right? The Eagles versus the Niners, right? Eagles had an awesome game last week against, I mean, technically it was two days ago, against the um, against Atlanta. And I quoted that bird nest statistic where it's like highly improbable that if you're the away, if you're the away team and you play against another team that is a bird team i kid you not this is an actual statistic it's like if you're the home bird team you like win the majority of the games i don't know why that's a thing but it is and then the eagles literally defied all statistical expectations and won the game i'm so mad at myself but the eagles they'll go up against the 49ers and we'll see just how prepared they are against the 49ers sam darnold goes up against the saints we'll see about um Jameis against jc horn and then we'll also see about sam darnold versus obviously you know um the saints as well 
Bills and the Dolphins. That's going to be an interesting game as well. Because obviously, you know, the Bills are coming off of a loss to the Steelers. And we'll see, you know, if Josh Allen is Josh Allen or if he's if he's back to being Josh Allen or if he's just, I don't know what's going on with Josh. Or, you know, Tua kind of did not have a excellent game against the Patriots, to be honest with you. So we'll kind of see what happens there. And then, Bengals versus Bears is going to be an interesting game. We'll kind of figure out what happens with the Bengals as well. Cardinals versus Vikings. We'll see if Kyler can be consistent. Seattle versus Titans, same thing. Cowboys at Chargers, same thing. You know, Chiefs is going to be an interesting game versus the Ravens. And then the two teams that played like hot shit last week, Lions at Packers. Could not hope for and wish for a better football game. Those two teams played like utter garbage on Sunday. And it's in Lambeau Field, Lambeau Stadium. So we'll see what happens with those two teams. But a lot of the teams that I'm high on this week, I may not be so high on next week, or I may be even higher on because they showed me some consistency. But like the Cardinals, the Cowboys, they're kind of the surprise of the week. Um, I'll talk about those two teams more in depth um, tomorrow. I'm just... God, I, I I don't know if I'm sick or not. I don't know. But I I just feel kind of bad. But I was like, I gotta push through. I gotta I gotta do this anyways. But we'll cover the rest of like this weekend tomorrow, this weekend's games tomorrow. And then what we'll also do is we'll also give up like Thursday night football predictions. Again, Giants at Washington. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you next time.